Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet, where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine to become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome. My name is Aaron O'Dowd and you're listening to Sanseet. On today's show, we have Dr. Eric Pearl. He is a chiropractor in the Los Angeles area, the founder of The Reconnection, which he has featured on The Dr. Oz Show, The New York Times, and CNN. He has presented in leading venues such as the United Nations and Madison Square Park. He is the author of the Reconnection, Heal Yourself and Heal Others, which has been published in 39 different languages and an international best-selling book, which has been endorsed by Deepak Chopra and Dr. Wayne Dwyer. At the 2013 World Congress of Quantum Medicine, which was located in Hawaii, Dr. Eric Pearl was the highlight of the event. Hello, Eric, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm very good. Can you tell us where your journey began? Sure. It started um, when I was practicing as a doctor of chiropractic. Somewhere in my 12th year, a few strange things happened. I was awakened by a bright light next to my bed, which... Um, wasn't anything seemingly spiritual or metaphysical. It was just the lamp next to my bed turned itself on and woke me up. And uh, my bedroom door, which was closed when I'd gone to sleep, was open and it felt as if someone was in my house, as if someone had been watching me. So I got up bravely with a knife and a can of pepper spray and my dog and went hunting through the house but couldn't find anybody. And so finally I decided that um, it had to be my imagination. I went back to sleep, but I went into work on that Monday, and my patients started having very unusual experiences compared to the previous years I had been working with them. They felt as if multiple sets of hands were touching them. When I held my hands near them, their bodies would go into involuntary motions. Their, Their eyes would dart back and forth. Their facial muscles would move. Unusually, when they opened their eyes, they reported seeing colors they had never seen before and smelling flowers they had never smelled before. They um, were getting up out of wheelchairs, some of them, and demonstrating all different kinds of healings, regaining the use of arms and legs. And Suddenly, uh, over the next few days, patients would talk about um, different things. Their doctors would call and give them laboratory reports where their cancer tumors are vanished. Different, different things would happen where, um, oh, doctors would call and say, what did you do? Children with cerebral palsy or epilepsy were suddenly able to walk and run and play and speak normally and not have seizures any longer, not need their medications. Um, I would tell the doctors who said, what did I do? I would tell the doctors who said, what did I do um, that I didn't know what I did and, and don't ask me. And of course, the more I did that, the more people started coming around and asking me to do the same thing. 
So um, soon I started just trying to keep to myself with it, but people began to ask me to teach this. And I said, how do you teach this? I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm waving my hands in the air, looking like a fool. I said, you go outside, wave your hands in the air, let me know what your neighbors say about you. But more and more, my patients would come in and report strange things at home after they left my office, that their electric garage doors started to open and close by themselves. They felt sensations in our hands. Um, they started, oh, holding their hands near people in their family. Their relatives started having healings, seeing again and hearing again, all sorts of things, and after strokes. And we began to recognize that once we interact with this new level of healing, something unusual goes on there's a change there's a transformation in people that not only allows them to access their own healing but seems to allow them to receive their own healings as well and what was was this reiki gijong what was what was happening in order for these clients to have these miraculous things well according to the scientists who came to study this this was much more than reiki much more than Shigong or Jinshin or Jorei or not much more than not even just the old energy healing techniques that have been around forever, but more than we're getting through any of the new healing techniques as well. Not different, but this was so much more huge that everything we've ever found in any energy healing techniques seems to be included in this, the gifts of it. As just a part of it, it's as if all those energy healing techniques and approaches were threads that have now come together as just part of a huge tapestry. And therefore, well, you have to work carefully to pick up a thread. You have to do a technique to do those energy healing approaches. Um, it's just in the tapestry. You no longer need to do the techniques. So this began to teach us, A, that we are more than our techniques. B, that we are more than technique itself. C, that the techniques have been marvelous, wonderful training wheels to, uh, to allow us to ride a bicycle of healing. But we're not here to master the bicycle with training wheels. Once we master the bicycle with training wheels, we're really here to master the bicycle itself. And that gift only comes once we remove or transcend the training wheels. It's the same in the healing world. We're not placed here to learn energy healing techniques. The world does not need another energy healing techniques. We are here to master healing itself. And that comes from blessing and appreciating the techniques that we've had, but not by getting our lives stuck in living in those techniques but by actually removing the training wheels of technique from healing and accessing healing in its fullest. And when you had the light turning on in your, your room and you had clients, your clients coming in with these bizarre events in your, your therapy room, did you feel startled or curious about this? Amazed in a beautiful way. I, w I realized I was standing in front of something so huge that I had two choices. I could be in fear of it because it was the unknown, or I could be in awe of standing, just in awe and in wonder of standing in the presence of something immense. And, and I guess that's the approach I took. I was simply in awe and in wonder of went on. I mean, you know, there are many different 
ways and perspectives to view things that come along in the universe. And there are different experiences that many of us have that allow us to view things differently. I mean, my birth experience, for example, you know, you said, where did this begin? And I talked to you about where it started in my, you know, physical life here on Earth in four dimensions. But in reality, or as possibility anyway, it may have began far earlier because during my birth process, my mother died giving birth to me and she came back to life at a time where uh, most of us didn't know anything about the life after death process. We didn't have books by such wonderful authors as Drs. Raymond Moody or Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. We didn't have the International New York Times bestseller by Eben Alexander, uh, the neurosurgeon who went through his own life after death experience and chose to write about it, to write about it and share it with the world. But in her experience, she found herself leaving her body, but she couldn't get anyone's attention, and uh, she didn't want to leave her body. She didn't want to die because she had a child being born, but she left her body. She passed through levels of, of um, souls who had left their bodies, the, the first level of souls being she recognizes those who hadn't realized they had died or felt they had incomplete work, you know, to do here on the planet, just weren't ready to leave. The second level, she doesn't recall. The third level was the only one that was a little uncomfortable for her because it was uncomfortable for everyone who passes through that level. That was, uh, and for those who are sort of um, in limbo on that level, because that's the level of the people who have done the one thing you can do to temporarily interrupt the universal plan or God's plan, which is they had taken their own lives. But she did feel they eventually do move on. She eventually got to the upper level where um, she saw a very bright light. It was so bright she was afraid to look at it for fear that it would hurt her eyes. But she did look and she realized there was nothing physical to burn or to hurt. Um, where she saw flowers of colors she had never seen. She saw everyone she had known from this lifetime and other lifetimes, realizing that there are old souls and new souls. We cycle through our lifetimes for lessons. That one look conveys volumes of information, how language is actually part of a, an inhibition to communication from which we grow from stepping over that hurdle. Um, she knew that there was only one regret that people who had passed on, who had died, who had left their bodies or their lifetimes had. And that one regret was simply um, that they mourned the people who have died because they don't realize what a wonderful place it is that we return to. She knew the secrets of life. She knew why the earth was round, why the grass was green, why the sky was blue, how war is a temporary state of barbarism that we will move beyond um, how utterly ridiculous it is for young men and women to go out and lose their lives fighting political and monetary battles for older men and women. Um, as her life was laid out before her, she knew it was a good life and yet there was no judgment and, and um, for all the things she um, understood and learned while she was there, she felt such a beautiful she found it to be such a beautiful place to realize that it's home. It's where we all come from. It's where we all return to. She was so happy to be there that suddenly when she found herself being sent back, she now she didn't want to leave, but she was told she had to come back to raise her son. And during this process, I was still inside of her. I was still attached to the umbilical cord. So this is part of a journey that I may have 
made with her that I just don't recall. Um, because, you know, she was programmed to forget most of what her experience was, but she struggled to hold on to those pieces of it that I shared with you. So for all we know, the process itself may well have had its beginnings there. It may well have had its beginnings in agreements that we make before we're born into this lifetime. So when does anything begin? All we can tell you is when we first notice something. How did the reconnection come about? Well, as I said, the scientists, the researchers, the doctors were very shocked to see these healings that were very much different than Reiki and Jurei and Shinshin and Shigong and all those different techniques. Very different in many ways, including the fact that through reconnective healing, the healings tend to be fairly instantaneous and they tend to last for the person's lifetime. So um, the scientists started researching this, and they, 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 as they looked at it, they said they were finding aspects of what they considered to be light and information that they had not seen here before, and they said may well not have been on this planet before. And I said, wow, that's a really bold statement. What makes you feel comfortable making such a statement as that? And they said, well, um, really, you just have to basically understand two concepts. Concept A is that we are four-dimensional beings. We are height, width, depth, and time. And the way to visualize this is the picture of vast, huge, endless, multi-dimensional universe. And within this view, imagine or picture a giant bubble or a balloon. So the universe is endless, multidimensional, but within this balloon is the space where we exist. The balloon is comprised of height, width, depth, and time. Everything inside of the balloon has been energy, and that's where we are. Your energy, I'm energy, the chair you're sitting on, the desk you're sitting at are energy. The difference between your liver, your kidney, and your, your, your heart are different vibratory resonances of of energy and our energy healing techniques each capture different subsets, aspects, portions of the energy here. But none of them had the complete energy that was here because each technique is a small window into the energy of our existence. Reiki feels different than Shigong. It's accessed through a different approach or a method or a technique than Shigong. They're, they're just different. And what's happening with reconnective healing, they explained first, they said, there is no technique. By, being no, by having no technique, you are, instead of accessing different subsets or portions of the energy, you're accessing the entire field of energy here. I said, but that's not really new. I understand how it's more than our techniques give us, but what makes that new levels of energy and light and information. And they said, well, once we access that, today we're given a greater gift than we were given before because time is moving faster. Now, it's not that time is moving faster from point A to point B. Time is moving faster in all directions at once. So if you visualize a little pinpoint in the middle of that balloon with arrows shooting out in all directions, all different angles simultaneously, you find that balloon begins to expand. And as it expands, it becomes thinner, it becomes more sheer. So time is not only moving faster, 
our balloon of time is expanding. It's becoming more thin, more sheer, more permeable. It is disappearing. In essence, time is showing itself to be what science has been explaining to us all along. Time is essentially an illusion. So as our balloon becomes more thin, more sheer, more permeable, we are able to interact with what has been outside of our balloon of time, not just the old. We're not just reunited with the old from a past life. We are able to reconnect with what's been timeless throughout universe. Aspects of energy, light, and information that they've never seen on the planet before. And the timeless aspect of it is why they believe that reconnective healings tend to be so fairly instantaneous and why they tend to be lifelong. So as people began to ask me to teach this, I found that I could share with them what this feels like and how to begin to work with it. And it seems to entrain them with this ability or to activate, you, say, you could say, in a sense, this ability within them as we teach them to work with it. And they're able to facilitate healing. So, for example, this year, the seminars that we are teaching are no longer just seminars. They are expanded into twice the length of time that we've ever taught before because there's much more information in them and they are now training programs. So what we do when we do this work, uh, when we teach this work, is we begin usually on a Friday night. We give a three-hour presentation where we talk about the history of the work, the theory, the philosophy, the science. We move into then allowing you to feel this in your hands on that Friday night and we begin to teach you how to work with it right there on that Friday night. So for example, in London, we'll be teaching this October 16th through 20th. So on that Friday night, October 16th, that's what we will be doing. We will continue onto that Saturday and Sunday, October 17 and 18, teaching this on a personal level. So let's say that you were there, we would set up a massage table we would set up massage tables in the rooms and then one person would lie down on the massage table. You would stand at the head of the massage table and you would begin to work with this. The teaching assistants would come around. We'll show you how to use this in your hands, how to feel this in your hands, how to access it, how to play with it. And you will witness right in front of your very eyes, you will see the person lying on your table begin to go into involuntary movements of their fingers, their feet, their arms, their legs will jump up and down. And you'll start to see different involuntary movements and registrations going on within them that will show you how to exas how to how to um how, how can I say this? How to expand this, how to make it into more, then you'll trade places with them so you get to feel it. We'll continue that way through Saturday and Sunday, working, showing you more, doing more. And there you'll be learning this on a personal level for yourself, for your immediate family and friends. For those of you who want to learn it on the highest level, a level high enough where you can even choose to become professional reconnective healing practitioners, we will continue on that Monday and Tuesday. And on that Monday and Tuesday, which is the 19th and 20th, We'll bring in volunteers from the outside world who don't even know what to expect, so you can start doing professional sessions right there under our guidance and supervision. 
We'll teach you how to do this via distance, via holograms. We'll teach you to start your own practice. We'll teach you subtleties and nuances that will expand things dramatically for you. And by the end, by the end of that level one and two experience, which is, as I said, in London, October 16th through 20th, you will be, I can pretty much make you two promises, which are A, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that I can do. And B, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that any human being anywhere on this planet can do. And also, if you don't want to wait that long, we'll be giving the seminar in Brussels, which will be simultaneously translated into French, by the way, so you don't have to speak English. It'll be in Brussels, simultaneously translated into French, and that will begin September 18th through the 22nd there in Brussels. So you have two ex- ex- um, two opportunities to be able to experience that and do that. If you want to see the work on a smaller level, just, you know, like a one-day workshop, we'll be giving a one-day workshop much earlier than that. We'll be giving it in Dublin, May 24th. So in Dublin, uh, we'll give a one-day workshop, May 24th, and we'll also just give a few-hour presentation somewhere over the weekend of September 4th through 6th at the uh, Hay House I Can Do It event that'll be going on in um, London. Excellent. Did this come to you naturally or through people? How did you get to being a chiropractor to presenting it to people that become therapists? Well, you know, when I first found this or it found me, um, so many people were coming to me from around the world that I really didn't have time to do my chiropractic. I was seeing people oh, maybe 10 hours a day, six days a week. And after a few years, it came to me that if I do this 10 hours a day, six days a week for the rest of my life, I'm still limited in the number of people that I can reach. But if I teach people how to do this, which at first I was afraid it wasn't something I could do, but I found that I can do, as I teach people how to do this, then the number of people I can reach are the number of people that you can reach. See, by the end of the complete seminars, I started to say is I can make you pretty much two promises, which are A, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing in this field that I can do. And B, you will be able to do anything and everything in this field of what's considered energy healing and now beyond that, that any human being anywhere on this planet can do, no matter how many techniques they've mastered or learned or created or what family healing lineage they were born into, it really just doesn't matter. What matters today is that we let go of the stories and and the things we use to try to make ourselves appear special and unique, and we start recognizing that we are all one, that we transcend our techniques and our healing gadgets and gizmos and toys, and we recognize that we are the healing our very essence that it's no longer externally sourced into objects methods techniques fear-based rituals or procedures but that it is our eternal power i should say it's our internal power that is eternal define to us what energy is on a metaphysical and scientific basis did you create papers to back up your your evidence well you see i am not the researcher shall we say 
what happens is scientists from all around the world come and study this work. So their evidence is the published scientific evidence. There's no reason for me to come up and try to create a paper to back up, you know, evidence that's already scientifically supported and published. For example, um, one study was just released this past year from the University of Arizona that shows that only 10 minutes, only 10 minutes of reconnective healing is more than twice as effective as physical therapy in restoring the use of the limbs in our bodies. For instance, the ability um, that may be blocked to where you can only move an arm part way instead of having to go to physical therapists day after day, week after week, month after month, um, within just a few moments, a few minutes of reconnective healing, many people regain full range of motion of those arms. There are about two dozen studies so far internationally on reconnective healing, substantiating its existence, um, looking at the mechanisms as to how it works. We... um, are right now starting a study at a thousand bed hospital in germany that is showing what six other it's because we've got six studies so far that show that reconnective healing actually restructures or as i like to say reconnects our very dna it raises the level of light in our cells emits from our bodies and makes it more coherent or more harmonic which, again, is part of the reason the scientists feel that reconnective healings are so instantaneous and so lifelong. And because it does the two things I told you about, because it brings back full range of motion to the limbs in our bodies very often, very fairly immediately, and because it changes our DNA, this thousand-bed hospital in Germany, the doctor is running a study now showing how women who had their breasts removed and uh, their lymph nodes, lymph glands around their breasts removed because of cancer, who are often unable to move their arms very much after that. A, the first part of the study will show how reconnective healing restores range of motion to these women's lives who otherwise could live, you know, 5, 10, 15, 30 years without being able to raise their arms up high enough to shampoo their own hair in the shower. And secondly, because of the way it restructures the DNA, this study is using um, blood and other approaches to study the DNA to see how this might help um, prevent women who have had breast cancer from passing it on multi-generationally to their daughters and their families. In your traveling around the world, do you see the world developing to an example of the reconnection or where are we in our development? Everything is ongoing. Everything is a process. So reconnective healing is here um, much stronger, in a much stronger way than it may have been when it first came onto the planet. But since it continues to expand that way, we know that it's going on much further than that as well. I mean, right now we are in San Francisco and we just met with some um, very well-known, well-published scientists here who are starting an entirely new plan and approach for the research. So I think what's happening is that there is an awareness, there's an awareness of reconnective healing that is going on. And because it is a change in who we are, it's a change in our consciousness. 
as our consciousness and awareness changes, whether it's something we just know from the inside or whether it's something we have to learn from the outside in, and therefore science helps us discover that because many people are left-brained, they need the science because they forget that everything already exists before science proves it or science would have nothing to prove, and they often confuse absence of proof with proof of absence. It expands with our awareness, whether we need the help to be aware from the science or whether we just allow ourselves to become more aware. See, there are a couple things for us to understand that are important here. First of all, our bodies don't work the way we used to be taught that they did, and our brains don't work the way we were taught either. Our bodies don't heal through biochemicals. Our bodies heal through resonance, information exchange, energy, communication, entrainment, and our bodies heal communicated via light. The light model allows us to understand and explain things that the biochemical model couldn't explain, such as the biochemical model couldn't explain how something can happen in one place in your body and immediately affect another place in your body because it took too long for the biochemicals to move that far beyond around your body for that effect to happen. Light is a wave that's everywhere at once, and therefore the light model explains these concepts. Secondly, our brains don't work the way we were taught. We were taught we had little compartmentalized areas in our brain. One was for speech, one was for learning, one was for language, one was for memory, one was for motor skills, one was for this, one was for that. Today, we know from the works of doctors Carl Priberum and Carl Lashley and others that that model is also obsolete. It's also dead. We know that the information within our brains is not sitting around in little compartmentalized areas. It's A, diffused throughout our brains, and B, it's not within our brains only either. Our brains are actually merely transducers. This information exists in a far larger field. And today we call this field zero point field. It used to be called the etheric field a long time ago, but science disproved the etheric field twice until the etheric field came back a third time and science started using it. So they changed its name from the etheric field to zero point field. We are always interacting in this field. Children on a school bus, if one child falls asleep, the child across the way stares at the child until they wake up, they're in that field. If you're sitting around and someone passes through your mind a memory from someone in high school, and later on that day or that week, They've been thinking about you. They Google you up. They find you that you send, they send you an email. You are dancing in that field. So we are always there. Now, the understanding then comes to this. If the studies about the DNA, well, what if our brains, think of it, about it this way. If you have a computer, you have a metal box. This computer, this metal box does nothing until you install a software program into it. Once you install a software program into the computer, you get information out of the computer and you are able to access information from the internet field out there somewhere. Upgrade the information in the computer, upgrade the program in the computer, you get more information from the computer and better access to that internet field out there somewhere. So what happens, what if, our brains are our hardware and what if our dna is our software and what if these six research pro uh, studies are correct in discovering that reconnective healing actually uh, restructures our dna 
And what reconnective healing is doing, in essence, is it's bringing about a human software upgrade, which allows us greater access to the information within our brains and greater access to the information in the multidimensional field. And since we go where our attention goes, we don't just become more aware of a multidimensional existence. We are becoming more multidimensional human beings. In essence, we are reconnecting with our more multidimensional timeless selves. In essence, reconnective healing and the reconnection is really humanity. Humanity standing on the precipice of this next evolution of who we are. Fascinating. Eric, we're just coming up to time. If you could sum down everything you've learned and experienced and gone through, what would your most valuable point that you would share to the audience, what would it be? I would say that the greatest thing we could do for ourselves, our consciousness, and our awareness is to learn to metaphorically, figuratively, stop talking so much and listen more. In other words, allow ourselves to become both the observer and the observed, the witness and the witnessed, the seer and the seen, to do less, to witness more, and to notice the beauty in the details of what we're observing. And that includes to recognize that there is no one special healer anywhere on the planet that we need to travel to or find. That that healer is really standing there looking at us, back out at us in the mirror. We only need to learn how to become the healing instrument that we are. The reason I wrote the book, The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, is so that we can become that healer that we are for ourselves, for our families, and to learn to do this. So, you know, I'm doing the introductory workshop in Dublin, a one-day workshop, May 24, to teach people how to start to tune in and see if they're willing to look into who they are and to start to find things out. That's why we're doing the Hay House I Can Do It presentation September 4th through 6th in London to give people a few hours or a day or half a day to start to look at themselves to see who they are. Then following that, we'll be giving the seminar in Brussels that we talked about in um, September the 19th through the 22nd or the 18th through the 22nd. And we'll be teaching it, of course, in London, October 16th through 20th. Excellent, Eric. Where can we find well, you just on like the, the book is called Heal Others, Heal Yourself. Uh, the website is The Reconnection. You have to use the word the, thereconnection.com. And can we book one to one sessions no, or do you I do teach that? people how to do this? I've taught more than a hundred thousand or close to a hundred thousand people around the world how to do reconnective healing. I teach at hospitals, at universities, I present at the United Nations, to governments. But mostly we teach lay people, everyday people. So you go to thereconnection.com, you can look at the directory of practitioners who are on there and find a practitioner near you if you're looking for a healing session. But if you're looking for the gift that continues to give, then instead of just going to a practitioner for a healing session, learn how to do the work where you can not only 
be immersed in the healing frequencies for those days of learning in the seminar, which is phenomenal, but you can leave, you can emerge with the gift of being able to share healings with others, whether it's just in your immediate circle of friends and family, or whether you choose to become a professional healing practitioner for your community. Excellent, Eric. I just want to say thank you very much for coming onto the show and sharing everything you have to share. It's absolutely been my pleasure. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out Sanseat.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sanseat Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on. Thank you for listening to the show. If you find this show very interesting or want to listen to more, please subscribe to iTunes, Holistic Therapies by Sanseat. Or go to sanseat.com to subscribe there.